Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross all right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is a big week for us here at Fightful.com. Of course, we have all our standard shows, but this Saturday, 5 a.m., Super Showdown. And then that night, UFC 229. And in honor of that, so to speak, we'll have some MMA guests talking pro wrestling today. Jimmy, what's going on? You stoked for the McGregor fight? I am. Yeah, very I'm, stoked. And I, I think it, you and I are both picking Conor to win, right? Right. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's taking all the attention from everybody, but that's a, it's a damn good card. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Ferguson's on the undercard. Yeah, so that's that's pretty strong. But uh, I'm looking forward to that fight a lot. I uh, I actually want to tell you something uh, before. I don't want to turn this into an MMA podcast, but. A uh, girl that works for me named Nicola, who we've had on here before. She's from Ireland, of course, and so she's a massive Conor McGregor fan. I ran her on the street this morning, and she actually told me that uh, friends and family that she has back in Ireland, they're not as excited for this fight as they were Conor McGregor's previous fights. Really? Why? She said they're still excited, but she said it's not at the same level because when he did the New York thing where he threw the dolly at the bus, yeah. that was frowned upon in Ireland. Oh, I would imagine so. It was yeah. psycho. Yeah, and so she said that that has uh, kind of diminished him a little bit. I caught uh, a podcast with Brendan Schaub, who some people might know. He's a former MMA fighter, and he does podcasts. He was predicting it's not going to do 2 million buys, which is what the UFC's predicting, because he thinks that Conor McGregor's stock has taken a hit, too. So we'll so, see what happens. wait, wait. He is predicting it to do 2 million? No, less than, because okay. UFC says it's going to do at least 2. Well, I mean, my God, that would still be the MMA record. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it would. But, but the thing is, is, is they're almost talking like it's a, it's a done deal. Yeah. And Brennan Schaub was like, no. He's like, I don't think it will. So. Well, I mean, a lot of things that Brennan Schaub don't end up being done deals. He's I know, He's one of those people I that know. are weirdly connected. Like, some of the stuff he ends up saying is true. Some of it isn't. But mm-hmm. uh, shout-outs to him for offering to pay for Ray Borg's kids' uh, medical bills. Oh, he that did. Was That's cool. Nice of him. That's cool. Yeah. So before we get to the list of Jimmy Van here... And I, I need to make a point of every week saying why we call this the Listen New Boy, because I've had like three different people send me messages saying, why the hell do you call it the Listen New Boy? Because they're new listeners. So I'm going to try every week to show it. So this is my blatant ripoff of Chris Jericho's gimmick with the list of Jimmy Van right there. Before we get to that, so all these masks that I got, Sean, no most, most of them, it's obvious who they are when you see them. Right, like the one of Stone Cold is clearly Stone Cold and, and really well done, and I've got yeah. a bunch of others that you're going to see, and they're really well done. This particular one this week is Michael one Sarah of the... from Superbad. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. That's a good guess. It's one of the most dog shit in terms of pr- production wrestling masks that I think I've ever seen. Michael Sarah is a good guess. That is, I'm going to give you a, a guess, and maybe people in our live chat will figure it out because I can't see the live chat. 
That is a WWE Hall of Famer. Is that Bret Hart? No, but that's also not a terrible guess. But it's not yeah. Bret Hart. Do you want to take one more guess? Yeah, I do. Um, whoo, boy. Road Warrior Hawk. <laughs> you would have been better off saying Mae Young, I think. Yeah. That is, is that is Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, that's horrible. Yeah. That's yeah. horrible. When was his hair ever that long? Oh, it was back uh, when he first came back in 89. Was it? His hair was long, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that is terrible. It's really bad. It's really bad. And I bought it in a I bought it in a in a, like a bundle with a bunch of other ones. And I think I had Stone Cold on here a couple weeks ago, didn't I? Dude, people in our live chat all guessed Piper. Are you kidding? Really? Like five or six people in a row. Piper, Piper, Piper. It's Roddy Piper. No shit. No way, man. So obviously when I ordered it, I knew I was getting a Roddy Piper mask. So when I opened up the box and looked at it, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, it's a really poorly done Roddy Piper mask. And you'll see some of the future ones that I have that are, like, so well done, and they look just like the person. Yeah. This one, this one, they were taking a day off on that one. Oh, yeah. They were uh, writing it in. Imagine how many of those there are out in the world. I don't know. And it's, I, think, I think it's only been produced because it's, it's like an official WWE one. It was only produced, oh. I think, within the last five years. Oh. It's really bad. But anyway, that's the mass this week. So I want to start off by talking about, um, I'm, I'm just going to do this as like a little aside because it's funny and Nigel's going to find it funny. Graham Williams is one of our regular uh, viewers. He sent me this on Twitter. He said, I'm guessing Jimmy Van will have something to say about Bellator on UK TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is, this is so funny. So uh, last weekend, Bellator 206 was on. Nigel, you're going to find this funny, man. Okay. And it aired on the, we call it the Dazen app. It's supposed to be Dazon, but it looks like Dazen. So Sean and I, and, and other people I know, call it the Dazen app. Okay. They so, call it Dazen on their own commercials with Michael Buffer, like, kind of making fun of it. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, on, okay. On American, during American football, yeah. Okay. So what I didn't know, so I was watching it on the Dazen app, this, this, this show. I didn't know that it was also airing on Channel 5 in the UK on regular television. And it was the first time that they ever aired it on Channel 5 in the UK. So the main card starts at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And they had six fights on the main card. And when the main card started, I thought, this could go long. You know what I mean? Because they got six fights on it. And typically UFC starts at 10, has five fights. And even if the fights go long, they're off the air by 1 o'clock Eastern time. They had six, so I thought this could go long. By the time the main event started, it was about 1 a.m. Eastern time. And again, I thought, you know what? It's on an app. No big deal. They, can, they got as much time as they want. It's not like they have pay-per-view obligations or something. So I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until the next morning when I saw on social media all this negativity coming in about, I can't believe what happened in the U.K. I can't believe what happened in the U.K. What happened was, so in the U.K., with the time difference, it was 6 a.m. local time on Channel 5 in the UK when the main event was getting ready to start, right? Now, that would have been a Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Terribly paced show, by the way. Six fights, two five-round yes. fights scheduled. They didn't need that. No, they did a very poor job, and, and you know that's another story. I'm not a big... I don't think Scott Coker's all that impressive, but that's another story. But anyway, so uh, 6 a.m. comes along. Bellator knew, going in that Channel 5 in the UK had a restriction in terms of when MMA content could air. They knew this, right? 
Um, because the show went long, as soon as 6 a.m. hit on Channel 5 and the fighters are getting ready for the main event, MMA off, Peppa the Pig on at 6 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so anybody that's not familiar with Peppa the Pig, I am because I'm a father. And, and I, I got two little kids, and my daughter watches Peppa the Pig on Netflix. So I know exactly what Peppa the Pig is. Yeah. It's a cartoon. I should have asked Nigel to get a Peppa the Pig graphic, but I never thought about it. So MMA fans, stoked that they got to watch Bellator for the first time live on Channel 5, missed the main event because of Peppa the Pig. But it was Bellator's fault. Yes, it was, it was their there. They, they paced it horribly. Yes. That show did not need to go that long. It didn't Agreed. need six fights. It didn't Agreed. need two scheduled five-round fights. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Bellator, dumb. I agree. And you know what, Sean? They got lucky because the Pico fight was over quick. Mm-hmm. The Rampage fight was over in two rounds. The Rory fight was over in two rounds. If they had gone the distance, you're talking 2, 2.30 in the morning, Eastern. Oh, Yeah. It was bad. So, I, as I was looking at the clock, I was like, man, why, why does this need to happen? Yeah, yeah it was bad. Happen? But I just thought it was so hilarious. And I actually have a quote from Scott Coker. So Scott Coker's the promoter. He's kind of like the Dana White of Bellator. Uh, and he's been the face of different promotions like Strike Force and stuff. And he's okay, but I've never, I've never been impressed by him because he essentially uses other people's money. Uh, and he's kind of like a poor man's Dana White where he's always in the cage with the fighters and he's always at the podium at the post-fight press conference. He's very much like a, like a poor man's Dana White. Here's a quote from him. He said, Honestly, we thought that we would be way off the air by the three-hour mark and that just didn't happen. We ran over and Peppa the Pig took over. <laughs> oh, man. That's what he said. So, <laughs> I thought it was pretty... Like, literally, of anything that they could have put on the air for that fan base at 6 o'clock in the morning, they got Peppa the Pig. It's pretty fun. That's but that's what happened. Uh, all right, let's get to the list of Jimmy Van here. So the first thing we got to talk about, Sean, because we've been talking about this, you and I, for months, Sean. We've been talking about it for months. Yeah. This was posted on WWE social media on September 29th. Go ahead and put that up, uh, Nigel. Evolution is set to reunite at SmackDown 1000. So how long have we been talking about what's WWE doing with Batista? What are they doing with Batista? He's, a, he's a, a movie star now. He's Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody knows who he is. He has said in countless interviews, I want to go back to WWE. I miss wrestling. I want to have one more run. I pitched them this. They pitched me this. Never heard black, blah, 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 blah. How many times have we heard about that? Uh, and he even said, I think on social media, hey, SmackDown 1000 is going to be in my hometown, and I haven't heard shit. Seems, right? seems like a half a dozen times. Probably a good half a dozen times. They finally got their shit together. And I, I saw your, uh, I think it was your post-Smackdown podcast when you mentioned about how I had suggested maybe they don't want to deal with them because of that WrestleMania yeah. press conference. And I think that there's valid validity in that. But at the same time, man, b- being who he is, let me tell you this, and I might have told you this before too. I've had sales jobs in the past where I had a boss and I was a performer as a sales guy. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I was a bit of a, of a headache for my boss. And one time, one of Can't my bosses... Relate. What's that? Can't relate. Yeah, yeah. One time, <laughs> one time, one of my bosses brought me into the boardroom because I, I was being a bit difficult. And he said to me, you know what? The one thing I've learned in business is sometimes when you have like a performer as an employee, you have to learn to eat shit. Mm-hmm. And I've always remembered that because I now as an employer have to learn sometimes Thank to God. eat shit. When I'm dealing with the Sean Ross saps of the world, sometimes... <laughs> But it's the same thing. If Vincent Mann and Triple H have the opportunity to get a 
proven movie star who's in the Marvel series. And yeah, maybe he's going to give you a little bit of attitude and he's going to do a press conference and say whoever wrote this should be fired. Deal with it. Suck it up and deal with it because of who he is. The ultimate warrior. Jesse the Body Ventura. Right. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. All these people are are guys that... WWE didn't get along with. For the love of God, how many people have they brought back that have sued them? Sable sued them, and she was back a couple of years later. And not only that, but when he when Batista had his last run, and I'm not turning this into a, hey, I'm going to defend everything Batista does, but when he had his last run, he told them, I should be a heel. They're not going to accept me as a babyface, which was true. And they promised him a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, and they turned it into a triple threat because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't uh, stifle Daniel Bryan's popularity. And so they made it a triple threat. Everything that he was promised, they more or less reneged on. And so if anything, Batista should be the one that says, the hell with this company. But he didn't. He kept putting them over and saying, I want to come back. So Yeah, and the thing with the triple threat match, I think that he knew that was the best decision because I'm pretty sure that CM Punk even said in that podcast with Colt Cabana that Dave Batista sat on his couch and said, what are they doing Right with, with Daniel Bryan? With Daniel so Bryan. he knew that, and I think he knows that whatever's best for wrestling as a whole, is probably best for him as well. I mean, he because, put Ryan over clean with a submission. Yeah, and right. I don't think he has any problem with that, especially no. at his age and what his career path is now. I don't think so either, and I think that he's going to be, with all due respect to Hunter and to Ric Flair and to Randy Orton, he's going to get the pop. Yeah. Be- because I'm, because most wrestling fans this day and age, as we've talked about, they're in the know. Even though WWE wants to pretend that they're still idiots from like the mid-80s, they're in the know. They're on the internet. They know what's going on. They know that Batista has very publicly said, I want to come back, and I'm getting shit on. And uh, he is going to get... And he's, it's in his hometown, too. Well, I said last night, maybe he's not old enough. He's only 49. <laughs> you got to be 53 to be in the main event segment right. of WWE Raw. <laughs> I would love to see... I don't want to say a farewell tour, because you never know how long somebody can go with something like that. But there... When John Cena comes back, he's wrestled almost everybody on the roster. It really Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman. I've got a column coming up about his what kind of legs he has as a WrestleMania. And he wrestled Braun on Raw. Yeah, and he wrestled Braun on Raw. It just ended in a weird finish. But Batista has not wrestled AJ Styles. He has not wrestled Nakamura. He has not wrestled Bill Goldberg, if you want to bring another big star back. There's a lot of people that he hasn't wrestled. I know that he would love to wrestle Titus O'Neil on Raw because yes. they're buddies. Yes. He would love to just do that. Not yes. something I care about. Yep. But I want to see almost a farewell, not necessarily a farewell tour, but a dream match tour because you're not getting a year or two out of him. You're getting a few months in between movies. Yep. Maybe longer if he keeps going at it with Marvel. But <laughs> I want to see this, and I'm okay with that. And I think one of the reasons I want to see it so much, Jimmy, is because I know that he wants to do it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and yes, he did, you know, he was very public about poor creative and he was very public about look at the shit they're writing for me. Yeah. But he did everything they wanted him to do in the ring. You know what I mean? He put guys over. They wanted to turn the singles match to a triple threat. He did it. I don't think he's going to complain about that. If they say, hey, you can have a one-on-one match with Shinsuke, but he's going over clean, I don't think he's going to have a problem with that. So Also, he gave us a ton of banter with Blue Tista. My mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still talk about that today. They're making action figures based off of it, based off of him wearing blue. Right, right. Now you mentioned Titus O'Neil. We might as well go to this one now. And WWE. And do you remember when we were talking about guys that they dropped the ball with? This is going back months ago. And I had Titus O'Neil on my list, and you laughed at me. 
Yeah. Do you sure remember did. that? Because I said he's a guy that they were dropping the ball with because he's got so much potential, especially as an, as a, as an ambassador for the company, kind of outside the ring. And I felt like... Now, come on now. I wasn't laughing at you because of that. I was laughing at you because he's trash in the ring. Yes, but but I had suggested at the time, wanted to do more with him, not necessarily in the ring, but do something with him. And then they had the Titus O'Neil brand kind of come up after that, oh, where, he, where he started recruiting talent. And that was entertaining, was it not? Yeah, but I wouldn't have doubted that could be entertaining. Or that but then they dropped it again. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they did. So they like I feel like they've dropped the ball with them. So something has come up with Titus O'Neil. If they don't at least mention this on television, then they're completely out to lunch. Now, I just put up this tweet from Titus O'Neil. He posted it on October 1st. It says, Michelle Obama, I can't thank you enough for having me as an ambassador for the When We All Vote campaign. So basically, this is a campaign uh, to try to encourage young people to vote. And he was one of a few celebrities that Michelle Obama named as ambassadors. I can't remember the other ones. Uh, there was some comedian. And uh, who's the girl that used to date Johnny Depp? Amber something? Amber Heard. Yeah, she was one of them. And there's a couple others. But still, Titus O'Neil gets these opportunities because he's a good guy. And, and, he's, yeah. a, and he's a positive influence. And, uh, and so good for him that he got that opportunity. And again, do you think they're going to mention this on TV? Because they damn well should. Uh, no. It's so stupid. No, they, they won't because... That's such positive press. Because of who's standing next to him. Come really? Because Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but remember when, when Obama was running and they had the video on TV when he said, do you smell what Barack is cooking? Oh, of course. But they, they also, I'm pretty sure they had another, they had to give equal time. I'm pretty sure that the Republican candidate was there too. You have to look at... Yeah, who would that have the been at the landscape right now and who is in Trump's Trump. cabinet right now? Uh, I think it might have been McCain at the time. 2008 yeah. was McCain. Yeah. I, think, I think he had an appearance there. as well. So. Uh, it's a wasted opportunity. I know that they don't want to you know, have an affiliation with one party over the other. But uh, come on. That's so good for Titus, man. And that's they positivity should. for they the should. company. I just don't think they will. I'd be surprised. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, so speaking of SmackDown 1000, so now we know Batista is going to be back with, uh, with Evolution. I wonder how Ric Flair is going to look, but uh, they're going to be back. And now they've also announced that Rey Mysterio's first show back is going to be that show because he's now under a two-year contract. Then the Capital One Arena, their website is also listing Michelle McCool, Tori Wilson, Teddy Long, and Vicky Guerrero. Do you think we might have Aiden English Vicky Guerrero doing I something? Hope. I hope. That'd be fun. I don't know how many people are plugged into the fact that he's married to Eddie and Vicky's daughter. I think Eddie. I think a lot of like wrestling fans on the internet. I think a lot of them know. Some, but I mean, there are a lot of people who are surprised when we mention that. They, really? I mean, they never mention it on TV. No, they haven't mentioned it on TV. No. Well, they okay. they got to figure out what happened in Milwaukee first if they wrap that up with a tidy little bow next week. So. Apparently, from what I heard, and you might know more about this than I do, apparently during Mixed Match Challenge this week, when Rusev Alana were in the ring, apparently Aiden English was commenting on Facebook. Did you hear about that? I didn't, but I'm going to look it up, and it might not have even been him. It might have been the ghost of John Candy who gained internet <laughs> access at that point. And that's what I was wondering when I heard about it. I wonder if it was really Aiden English or if it was a spoof. There, There's but... a lot more to this, Jimmy. Oh, Yeah. What was one of the last movies before John Candy passed away? Uh, uh, Canadian Bacon was one. No, that's one. Uh, cool Runnings? How about Cool Runnings? <laughs> yeah, Cool Runnings was out there. What are you suggesting? Kofi Kingston's involved in this thing? Is that your suggestion? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Because we know, we know of the New Day, we know what one has a history of these things publicly, Sean. Publicly? It's yes. not Kofi Kingston. 
Well, hmm. So, yeah, who knows? We'll not talk about that. That's inappropriate. <laughs> yes, because on this particular podcast, we don't touch that stuff, Sean. That's right. <laughs> not on this podcast. Did you hear the Booker T sample? Well, since you're bringing it up, since you're bringing it up, it's on my list. So on the uh, on the list of Jimmy Van, I have a thing here. It says SRS also did more investigative work this week. That's that's my little headline. So let's go and air that. This is from Sean's post SmackDown podcast. Nigel, go ahead. I hope you're ready for this, Alex. I don't think anyone's ready for this. Booker T, one of the most fire pun completely intended themes of all time, right? So true. It's fantastic. For years, I thought that Jimmy Jimmy Hart produced it. He actually did not. It was by Rene De Whale and Didier Leglisi. It's called mm. Rap Sheet. Mm. There is a part of this song you're going to recognize, Alex. Yes. And it is when you hear uncontrollable sounds. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. I did some deep diving, Alex. Okay, did you now? <laughs> Tell me you want to know where that sample came from. I, 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 I don't well, think I... Well, you sure do. It's from a woman named Hateful Head Helen <laughs> and a song called Sweet Pussy Pauline. <laughs> Allow me to play an excerpt. Fuckers coming up to you trying to waste your time. Knowing that you're looking good, nice little ass back there. But you see, let me tell you something, girls. A lot of these motherfuckers see us walking by. They want to put their face in our asses and go, blah, 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 blah. but they don't know how to ask. I recently. What is with these producers of wrestling music? I, I don't know. Corrupting the youth. Yeah. Our viewership. Yes. Our, yeah. Oh. Those. Now, to be fair, that woman was trying to give a life lesson. Sure. She absolutely. said that men wanted to do that, yes. but didn't know how to ask. True. And I think. All- okay, Sean. Now, on the one hand, kudos to you for once again finding just some some shit that no one you know thinks to look up investigative journalist maybe the last of of my kind in professional wrestling <laughs> last of your kind where did you find that how did you know that that was sampled did you get that on the internet somewhere so i looked up the theme a while back because it is a good theme uh-huh and i had heard somebody say jimmy hart didn't produce that so i tried to find out who produced it where can i find more of their music because it's real good and I came across a, a website called Who Sampled, and it tells you where samples from songs come from. And this sampled several songs, but then one called Sweet Pussy Pauline <laughs> caught my eye. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is about. And it's, it sends you to the very second of the sample. Right, right. I got it. Yeah. Wow. Hey, man. I like, so do you, Helen. do you think Booker or Stevie Ray had any input? No, this was a song that existed before. Oh, it did I, with I, with the sound effects and everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm Do you think Booker, Booker has any idea? You should send that to him. I'm gonna send it to Booker. I actually talked to uh, his podcast co-host this week because you know how um have you seen where Ahmed Johnson and Booker T are kind of feuding on social media? 
No, I mean, I know that they're from the same area because he mentioned them in his book. And they train together. Yeah. Well, Ahmed's weird, man. Yeah. And it's been like accepted fact for a long time. Ahmed Johnson played in the NFL. I can't find shit. I can't find a picture of him in pads. Right. I can't find anything from the Tennessee Volunteers that says that he played football there, that he played football anywhere, professionally, amateur, otherwise. Right. And you looked up Anthony Norris and everything? Looked up all of it. He's not on an all-time roster. He's got no stats page. There are no pictures. If this were in 91-92, then it would have been after Stevie Ray knew him. Stevie Ray has no idea of it. Nobody has any evidence. I talked to Booker T's podcast co-host who said – yeah, he says that he did, but I think it's just one of those things that he's convinced himself happened. Really? It's not tough to find out if somebody played for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people thought that Ahmed Johnson was like 27, 28 when he was in WWF. He revealed in later years he was actually 33, 34. Right. And that's I, I heard he, that he was like 40. He was he was much older than what was anticipated. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't realize how old Stevie Ray was at that time. Stevie Ray was in his mid to late 30s, as is. Yeah. Booker T was the young guy. So I am in touch with <laughs> Booker's co-host, and I might pass that along. But You should. I would love to get his reaction to that. Also, I'm trying to find out if Ahmed Johnson ever played a damn down of football anywhere. So I saw when you posted that on social media, and uh, I did a quick search. So there's like a, a database of uh, draft picks. Yeah. And I did a quick search, and the Cowboys never drafted a Tony Norris and Anthony Norris. So he, then could he, been an un, he could have been an undrafted. He could have been undrafted. He could have been. But they like his name was not anywhere in that database. Yeah, could so. have been a practice squad guy. Could yeah. have been a training camp guy. But I've not found anything. I even asked Dave Meltzer, who, didn't, who didn't, wasn't able to get back to me or just didn't get back to me. So I figured if anybody had seen something in years past, right. like a photo that's maybe gone – because you never know. There are people who legitimately lose everything they own in mm-hmm. fires. But the Dallas Cowboys haven't lost everything they owned in a fire. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. Before we go to, uh, to the first segue, one more thing I want to talk about. You know, I got to say, Sean, and I, I loved one of the people that responded to me on social media when I posted this. Sean Michaels has balls. When you were a guy who for 20 years, your gimmick was that you were the sexy boy and the boy toy and you had the long flowing hair and you did your dance where you put your hands through your hair and everything. When that was your gimmick for 20 years and now all of a sudden you went and did this. Put up the photo of uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Nigel. Oh. Do you have it ready? Yep. Look at that, Shawn. That takes balls for him to, to kind of come to grips with the situation and to shave off the locks like he did. That's how he was on Raw this week. Somebody on social media responded to me because I had a photo of Hunter and Sean side by side, both bald. And somebody responded and said, actually, they look like balls. But uh, that took guts, man, for, again, for a guy that had that gimmick for 20 years. So There's, there's kudos. always some well-actually guy. And I said, it's going to take some getting used to. Yes. Somebody said, well, actually, it'll take less getting used to than the haircut he had before when it was balding. I'm like, no, no, stop. No, this will take getting used to. I mean, obviously, he's, he's, he wore that kind of you know funky little bandana thing because he's probably himself still trying to come to grips with it a little bit. Yeah. But when he's in the ring, that's coming off, Sean. Oh, yeah. So, But kudos to Sean because, no, again. He'll wear it like. Homicide used to, and like B-Boy used to on the indie circuit. So it's like there. Yeah. It's a maybe he'll, maybe he'll have a chin strap on it, too. He should. He should yeah. go full Michael Tarver. Mm. 
Well, you well, know guys. what? He, I thought that, and you know what else, like, I, when I was looking at some of these photos and stuff, and when I saw him on Raw, and I wasn't able to grab a photo of it, it reminded me of 2005, when he was doing the parody of Hulk Hogan on Larry King, yes. and, he, and he wore the bald-headed wig, and then during his little skit, the wig, the wig came off, so he just had the bald thing, and then he did the super kick to the guy. That's kind yeah. of what he looks like now, legitimately. It is. So that's kind it of is. interesting, but you know what, he, I thought, looked good on Raw. I mean, he. It was it was a, a a quick little thing, but he bumped like nine years did. didn't go by. He did, and I'm excited to see him wrestle again. I'm I am also too. excited to see Conor McGregor versus Habib Nurmagomedov this weekend. As a way to kind of promote that, we're going to let you all hear from some MMA fighters talking about their favorites in pro wrestling. I was always interested in that uh, when I was a kid, and uh, you know, just buying WWE action figures and you know, being like that. And then I started to realize that it was fake. And then I was like, ah, oh, screw, screw this other wrestling. I'm just going to go with the real wrestling. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm an entertainer uh, naturally. So I think that I could do that pretty well, do movie stunts, do a bunch of stuff like that. So I'm pretty diverse when it comes down to talent. Well, I was going to say, you got the monkey god nickname. I mean, there's a whole, like, character already set for you there. And I think you could be, like, a baby face, like, a, you know, on the crowd side or a heel. I think you'd, you could do both. It seems like you, you could kind of uh, be diverse that way. Yeah, I would I would really like to, um, to just get diverse when it comes down to, like, fighting mixed with it. Because she's fat. No, nah, you, ne- you never nah. do it? <laughs> nah, I'm not going to, first of all, get on the mic. I'm not like that. Second of all, all those, like, all right, I know... They set everything up, and there's a storyline, and do all that stuff. But the falls are real, so fuck the falls. I don't need to fall on my back 20 million times and fuck up my back. You know, I want to fight next couple of years or so, or whatever it is, five years, etc., and then retire, and then relax and focus on my school. I like that. Uh, but did you ever watch pro wrestling growing up at all? Yeah, I did. Okay. Who, who's your guy? Who, who'd you like watching, or, or or girl? I should say I shouldn't be exclusive. But who, uh, who did you like watching? Could we do top five? Yeah, sure. Top, yeah, go for top it. Top five is obviously The Rock was number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Mankind. Um, I did like uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't see the Undertaker. Um, there were some people I liked and they were interesting. Their, their catchphrases. I mean, my favorite at all times is The Rock and then Stone Cold. So I'm gonna go with that. Mankind was goofy, but it was tough as hell and he was crazy. But I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, those are my top four. There you go. Are you paying attention to any of that at all? Do you watch any pro yeah, wrestling? I, 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 watch, I watch that all the time. I watch WrestleMania, so I did get to see Brock and Ronda Rousey. Um, hey, I'd love to love to um, get my fingers in there at some point. So you know, After your career's never, over, really? You'd be interested? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%, Have you, yeah, I guess but, you've always been a fan, like, growing up? Always. As, as a kid, I was watching, like, WrestleMania, I think, 6 or whatever it was. Watching the Ultimate Warrior, Hogan, they were my boys. And as I got older, Stone Cold and so on. So I'm still a big fan, you know. Still, I still do, do watch it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to one day, even if it's just going in there as a like a um, someone's backup or something. You know how to have these. Yeah, yeah, get like uh, a run-in or something. Yeah, that'd yeah. be interesting. Even if I hit someone with a chair or something. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What would be see? See, you have the whole the, the swarm, you know, character and everything. Would would you translate that into wrestling, or would you want to be a different character? No, I'd, I'd be the swarm. Okay, I'd be the swarm. That's how people would know me, and you know that that's 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 me, the swarm. So, and I, I'd add it in. I'd add in a rear naked choke and then choke people out. You know, 
um, ankle lock. I've got wrestling moves ready, so okay. I'm, I'm just waiting for that call. <laughs> yeah, when it happens. What um, would you want to be a babyface or a heel? What would be your preference? I do like being a. I do like the bad guy. I do like the bad guy, so I, I'd be a heel. Maybe turn babyface. We'll see, but yeah, I do. I do like the heel. The heel look. Like I'm a big Avengers fan, and I love Thanos. Like the way Thanos was. That that's me, man. Okay. My apologies. That was UFC and MMA fighters talking about if they would get into pro wrestling, if they have any interest. We do have, we got tons of crossover videos up there. I was actually supposed to interview former UFC champion Ben Henderson before this. and You didn't? Bellator pushed it back. No way. But hopefully it got pushed back because I wanted to talk to him about training with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I was, Sean was telling me, hey, by the way, at 245, I'm interviewing Ben Henderson. And I said, you're doing what, when? <laughs> But uh, I guess they're not. You're doing what, what, when? Yeah, you're doing what, when? So I think that we need to let our longtime listeners and viewers know that uh, I gave Sean the green light to get that damn cough checked out because we want to make sure that he's not carrying any kind of contagious, deadly disease. And it turns out you're good, right? Asthma? Are you saying that you (laughs) gave gave me the green light? Yeah, because you're going to expense the the, the medical bills. Well, because I'm ready to go. You're ready to go? Red light, green light. Give me everything you got. Red light, green light. Because I'm ready to go. How don't you know that? That's the most iconic. Do you know that, Nigel? Song of all time by Pitbull and Flo Rida and Lunch Money Lewis. So, Super Showdown. Wait, wait. <laughs> Are we going to live it up? We only got one life, Jimmy. I can see, I can see him reading off the screen. <laughs> yes, of course he's reading off the screen. You think so he's got that what? memorized? So what? Of course he is. It would have been more impressive if he did. Yeah, but he didn't. Oh, piss off. Yeah. Tell me the lyrics, Nigel. I don't know the lyrics. He can Google them just That's like the... you did. Well, then maybe Nigel should. Look up red light, green light, whatever other bullshit he just said. I mean, so Super hey, Showdown sir, is on Saturday. Smirch the good name of Lunch Money Lewis. All right. What, what, uh, what time are you going to be waking up on Saturday morning? And you in Kentucky. I think about 4.30 a.m. 4.30 a.m. Man. I'm trying to condition myself now. It's it's like, how do I condition myself for that? Because I'll have to sleep a little bit after because there's a UFC show that night. Yes, yes. And with all due respect to WWE, I'm way more stoked for the MMA fight. Oh, yeah. Than than I am my Super Showdown. I'm predicting predicting Conor McGregor by knockout in the first first or second round. I'm thinking TKO, probably yeah. round two. Round two, yeah, I can see it because they might feel themselves out a little bit, and yeah, but I'm, that's, that's what I'm picking. So, Super Showdown. Let's go over the uh, the lineup real quickly. Uh, so, Triple H and Taker. I think Taker's got to win because they're moving forward with Sean. You agree? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Styles and Samoa Joe. I would love to see Samoa Joe win the title, but I know you've talked about this. I think WWE wants Styles to get a year. They want to want him to get to a year. I do too, and. I'm completely with you. I'd love to see Samoa Joe as champion. Yes. But I think The Miz is set to... I can already predict that. I think The Miz is set to win his match. because I think really? They really? I think they want to put over that Daniel Bryan can't beat The Miz, hasn't beat The Miz. Really? And then, and then Miz becomes champion off of AJ. And then they lead up to WrestleMania, maybe. Because Daniel Bryan versus The Miz done properly can be a Mania match. Could be wrong. It's just I my don't speculation. Think, yeah, I don't think I want to see Miz as WWE champion. I just don't. Who else is there? 
Besides Joe. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Yeah, and, and this is why they've had Shinsuke four or five shows in a row and now Samoa Joe four or five shows in a row. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Daniel Bryan to win that match and uh, getting the shot at Styles. And I could see Daniel Bryan potentially winning the title, but I think that Bryan might be the next guy that gets four or five matches with Styles because that's what they do now. Yeah. It's not going to be one, you know? You got to do every big... Big uh, five, big match four or five times. Yep, yep. To me, bury I think it. It's a lot more special if you do it once and you move on. Absolutely, absolutely, it is. Yeah, unless it's Rock Cena where you say like once in a lifetime and then you do it and then you do it the next year. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, okay, John Cena, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Elias. Now this is the same match that took place on the Shanghai show. So do you think it's going to be the same finish with that little bullshit backfist thing that Cena did to Elias? I don't think it'll be with... I'm sure he'll do the back fist, but I don't think that'll win it, but I do think that Lashley and Cena win. Yeah, they have to. They have to. Uh, the Shield against Braun, Drew, and Dolph. Do you think Dolph's, taking, Dolph's taking the fall? Yeah, for yeah. sure. He's the easy one. Uh, so it looks like Liv Morgan's cleared, so Ronda and the Bellas against the Riot Squad. Ronda, there, ha- there is no other plausible outcome except Ronda Rousey winning. Ronda Rousey winning, uh, I wouldn't mind if it was... Brie Bella losing and that causes the friction between the Bellas and Rousey if they're going that way but realistically Rousey's winning this Becky Lynch Charlotte they got to keep going with Becky buddy I think they recognize she's it. awesome I think, I think they recognize yeah got to keep going with Becky uh the New Day in the bar I am so sick you know what I love the New Day when they got together I like the story behind how they got together and, and how Xavier Woods and Big E kind of had the balls to go to Kofi. He was more established, and they had a great run. I'm so tired of their shtick. And, and the stupid cooking thing with the pancakes, I'm just so tired of it. It's not funny anymore. Which makes you a waffle guy, doesn't it? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't hate it that much. It's always breakfast food with these guys. But I'm it's so... Me. You're right. Let, let me ask you. Do you think they're going to feed with Derek in the office over the rights to the sandwich club when they move on to lunch? <sighs> maybe is maybe. it gonna happen that's the natural progression he's probably I, listening to this right now so he could probably comment on it. I, I pick him to go over uh he'd probably be more entertaining <laughs> at this point because new day is the same stuff yeah. over and over yeah it's not Flower funny anymore yeah i agree i agree it's not funny anymore and uh and they're trying too hard i find now to get a reaction and like kofi when he pretends to be the white guy uh reporter it's not, not funny anymore. It was funny like the first, second, third, fourth time they did it maybe. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. And then my, my last question for you, do you think that the Iconics are actually going to get the win at home? No? You think they're going to pull the same shit with the, with the home? We have a video team? on our YouTube of them healing an Australian crowd when they went oh, there. Oh, no, no. I think they're going to heal the Australian crowd and get beat. Shameful. That's shameful. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, whatever, whatever. Uh, do you think Buddy Murphy's going to beat Cedric Alexander for the title, though? You think he's going to win? He's going to beat him for the title? I think he'll win there, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I I find that 205 Live has lost so much shine. They don't get any mention on Raw hardly at all. None. And they've lost so much shine. I'd almost be wanting them to kind of wrap up that brand and then move the guys to the other brands. But uh, they, they've got it there as their counterculture deal. That's it. Right. People who want to see it can see it, and mm-hmm. they've got all these guys under contract already. Right. Uh, hell, put put Buddy Murphy with Alexa. I mean, why not? You know? So yes. So let's talk about Neville. So we had talked for a while about where is Neville? And no yeah. one's heard anything from Neville. And he's, you know, he's, he can go wherever he wants now. And his WWE contract is done. And no one had heard anything. 
Well, he finally returned to wrestling this week. He made a surprise appearance at, at a Dragon Gate show. Nigel, you can put up this little video we have because there's no audio to this video. So this was the Dragon Gate show. The lights went out, as you can see. And then, they're going to come back on in a minute. And when they do, there he is. It's not the greatest uh, quality, but God, I got it off YouTube. But there he is. He returned, looking in tremendous physical shape. And uh, going by the name Pac again, which is what he used when, when he was with Dragon Gate before. He spent five years there before, before he uh, signed with WWE in 2012. So I guess it's logical that that's where he would go back. So good for him. He looked good. Physically, he looked really good. I like that he went back to a place that was good to him and that he was good to for a long time. He could have came back on any number Anywhere. of shows. Anybody would have taken him. I appeared on MLW's Press Slam podcast uh, this week, and we talked about this about why he didn't go here, why he didn't go there. This is just a complete shot in the dark for me, but I noticed that his first appearance was one year after his last WWE match. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, like Mm. what he could, couldn't do, but it would make a lot of sense that he had to wait a certain amount of time after last appearing on WWE TV before he could do something of that nature. So, uh Again, just guesswork by me. I haven't been able to follow up. He's not an easy one to follow up with. I right. have made overtures and attempts, but right. if he doesn't want to talk to somebody, he's not going to talk to somebody. No, but and, but you know what? And I, I respect the fact because I, I think that everybody would have taken him. I think Ring of Honor would have. New Japan would have. Impact would have. Uh, so for him to go back to the place that he knew, clearly he had a good relationship. And so, yeah. uh, and so good on him. So what do you think about... It's, it's kind of ironic. I think it was only last week that you and I talked about how Punishment Martinez was kind of like a better in-ring Baron Corbin? Yeah. Wasn't that just a week ago that we talked about that? Yeah. Uh, and now it's come out that Punishment Martinez, he's finished up with Ring of Honor, and he's headed to WWE. Very yeah. interesting, man. So now they're going to have their better in-ring Baron Corbin. We'll see what happens and, with and that. we're going to have an episode of Making a Finisher, which I have in the can with Mr. Martinez that I'm sure WWE will be thrilled about. Awesome. You should hold that for his debut. I am. <laughs> Very good. Am. Very good. Sometimes I feel like hiring you was a good move. Uh, sometimes. I, like on rare, on rare occasions. Hey, sometimes I've got these things stockpiled. Like the Raven one I just I put out recently, but I've had that in the can since like February. You just right. never know when some of these will, will end up playing out better. And I was like, when, when will I... When's a good time to run a Punishment Martinez making a finisher? Because I knew there would be a good time. I just, you know, it's not yet, but it's out there. Hey, FightfulSelect.com tier two subscribers, $10 a month. We'll have that much earlier than everybody else. I assume he's going to start in NXT because I think that a lot of the casual fans and and even the, the like hardcore wrestling fans, internet fans, I'm not sure they all know who he is. So I assume he's going to start in NXT and get a run there. My only concern for Punishment Martinez is that he's going to be 37 in February. Yeah. So he's a little bit older to be starting off at that level. But although at the same time, how old is Samoa Joe? He's up there. And you see, the thing is, uh, Punishment Martinez, by his own admission in interviews with me, says that he wasted a lot of his time, coasted on his size. But since then, he has accepted a lot of responsibility. I mean, I know... I can tell you there are some there are some bros in NXT that are very excited about this move, oh, yeah. and uh, he's been responsible for helping some people learn the business and train. I mean, I kind of joked with Danny Cage, who runs the Monster Factory. I'm like, when are you and Blue Meanie getting signed? Because they're signing a lot of people from the Monster Factory, and they're churning out some good people. And 
Punishment Martinez, I like the way that they're looking at things now. Sure, he's going to be 37, but they can get a few years out of him. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And look at our truth. Our truth is 46. Yeah, now because fifty something. Why yeah. not get a few? I mean, because of his size, he might start to have some issues with his knees and all that. Yeah, but uh, I but... sent you the spot that he did where he can run and jump from inside of the ring. He does an Air Jordan, if you all are familiar with that move from ACH. Jumps onto the second rope, then does a somersault senton over the top rope to the outside. He can jump from inside the ring over the turnbuckle, over the ring post, onto people. It's unbelievable. And he's like, and, what, six seven? Yeah, and I don't think they necessarily have... They don't have to bring him in as Punishment Martinez. Yeah. They could bring him in as El Hijo del Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, he's not like a giant name on the industry. No, circuit. he's not. I mean, if it was me, I would bring him in as Punishment Martinez because enough yeah. people know who he is, but I suspect they won't. I mean, if, yeah. if they're going to call Chris Hero Cassius Ono, and I think Chris Hero is probably arguable was better known than Punishment Martinez when he came in. Yeah, that, that was a little bit before their their new kind of yeah. deal. Because I mean, by then they had referred to him as Cassiusono, but yeah. they could call him whatever they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. And once a month, Sean, you know I like to do this, even though you say it feels like I do it every week. (laughs) Once a month, I like to explain to people why do we have a stupid news segment in the middle of a wrestling podcast. This used to be called WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames. We would talk about how often do they say, okay, don't... That's disrespectful, what you're doing. That's disrespectful. That could be be a reduction in salary right there. That could be a reduction in salary. I'm the only one working in my house. His next PayPal, he's going to say, why did I only get $125? And I'm going to say, well, that's because you were fined for disrespect. (laughs) Okay. That's why. Anyway, this used to be called uh, WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames. WWE did not change. We hoped they would. They didn't. We changed it into a Stupid People News segment. We've been doing it since. And it's going to continue because we like it. That's all there is to say about it. And guess what, Sean? I have for you this week not one, but two for the SRS file. You you have even more stuff for me on FightfulSelect.com, the $10 tier, where you all can go after every episode of Listen, Your Boy, and get an extended edition of Stupid People. There you go. There you go. So this first one, this one was sent in by Alex Anderson and reported by the Times Free Press out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, on September 26th. It's amazing that these people exist, Sean, because I do my due diligence on all these stories, and you'll notice sometimes on social media, I'll tell somebody, sorry, that's fake news, sorry, that's fake news. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit Credit card rewards? Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, the ones on here are real, and it's amazing that these people actually exist. So this first one, the athletic director of Saudi Daisy High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The guy's name is Jared Hensley. He was placed on administrative leave after his morning video address to students wasn't taken overly well. Here's why. We have a clip. Go ahead and put that up, Nigel. We need to make sure athletic shorts. And I know, boys, you're thinking, you know, I don't understand why it's not fair. Athletic shorts go past your knees. I didn't make the rules. 
I kind of did. But that's the rules. So that's just what we're going to stick to. And that doesn't mean that you can wear athletic shorts. So everybody who's going, well, I got a detention for athletic shorts, that's what you're going to get. And if you don't serve it, you're going to go to Saturday school. So just don't wear them. And if you really want someone to blame, blame, blame the girls because they pretty much ruin everything. They ruin the dress code. They ruin, well, ask Adam. Look at Eve. It's really all you really get to get to. Okay, you can really go back to the beginning of time. So it'll be like that the rest of your life. Get used to it. Just keep your mouth shut. Suck it up. Follow the rules. <laughs> it's amazing. This guy get fired. Uh, so according to Super, and it's funny because when I first read this, I almost said according to Superintendent Chalmers, but according to Superintendent Brian Johnson, the situation is under investigation. And we just talked about this like a week ago. Why is it that they say under investigation when it's cut and dry? Because they got video. It's right there. It's right there. So how do they always say that? So what they did was, uh, I think they pulled him from, uh, the school pending an investigation. It's amazing. Oh, Always fired. pending an investigation. He needs to be fired. He's stupid. It's pretty damn dumb. He's and and it's stupid. funny because Nigel and I were chuckling because it was funny and really dumb what he was saying. But yeah. he's doing his student address. Yeah, you think no one's going to complain about that? That's, that is, he has no business being anywhere near educating humans. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So this next one, this one is SRS file number one, Sean. Hot dog. And is reported by News 4 Oklahoma on September 26th. Okay, so there's a 25-year-old woman. Her name is Melissa Lenz, and she was near the Oklahoma City University campus, and she really needed to go to the bathroom, Sean. Uh-oh. And so what she did was she did something, and she got arrested. Any idea what she did that got her arrested? She took a shit in public. You're close. Ooh. You're close. So what she did was she broke into a frat house. And she went into one of the bedrooms of the frat house. Now, if you've ever been in one of these dormitory type things, they don't typically have ensuite bathrooms. They're typically communal bathrooms, Mm -hmm. right? So she broke into a frat house, broke into one of the bedrooms, saw a wallet on the bed, stole the money out of the wallet, saw a set of car keys, took the car keys. Then she had to take a shit. They don't have an ensuite bathroom. So she took a dump in the middle of the room. Yep. One of the fraternity. Do we have a picture of this woman? Uh, I didn't. I didn't take it. I could have. We had her mugshot, but I didn't. That looks like. Look up Melissa Lenz, L-E-N-Z. One of the fraternity brothers walked in on her while she was doing her business, so she took off. He called the police. She got arrested. Good. So for I mean, her. she's twenty-five. I'm twenty-five. Assume, oh, she's on drugs. I can tell. But was she on drugs? Because oh, they didn't. God. They didn't say anything about that at all. I just. She I'm looks like she's, she's on drugs. She's oh, on really? Drugs. Okay, they didn't the mention cow. that. Or at the very least, she was on drugs when she got that haircut. But <laughs> or whoever gave her that haircut was on drugs. One or the other. There are drugs involved. So first off, she's twenty-five. I'm assuming, based on the fact that she looks like she's on drugs, she wasn't in school. So this frat house maybe w- w- it wasn't on campus. Probably it, it can't be. They, they don't have frat houses on campus. Like I don't know all the, the stories. That's Actually, that's her mugshot. Yeah. Okay, so. there's okay. That's rough, so, man. So normally normally if the story says cuz normally the story will say intoxicated or something and then most of the time unless it's a really outlandish story, I won't include it because they run under the influence. They didn't mention in that story that she was under the influence. Yeah, well they but. found a plastic bag that smelled of fecal matter, I see. Yes. Yes. Oh man. Oh. I don't think she planned for her life to be <laughs> this way. I don't yeah, no. think this was It's I'm not just, what she had intended for herself. I wonder 
Because, you know, I I wonder these things. Did she plan on burglarizing before? I think or she did... needed to take a shit, and then she saw the walls on the bed. <laughs> and it's like, there you go. But yeah. if it's a frat house, a frat house, they've got a bathroom there. Yeah, but like I said, they're usually communal. I used to live in a dorm in college, and it was communal. So she probably broke into a bedroom, and there is no bathroom in the bedroom. So Yeah, but, I mean, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of these frat houses are just houses. They're just... Houses, yeah, but they don't have ensuite bathrooms, though. She had enough time to plan a burglary, but not to find a bathroom. True, I think is the is the punchline. That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, uh, my college obviously isn't as big as what is this, Oklahoma City? Uh, Probably not. But I mean, all the the frat houses there were just regular ass houses that they converted into frat Mm -hmm. houses. It wasn't like. Are you talking Ewing, Kentucky? Ewing, Kentucky has has State University. The, the the college of Phil Sims, you know, former NFL Super Bowl MVP. How about Kenneth Fareed, NBA player? Do they have that on the sign about... when you're entering the town? Welcome to the home <laughs> about, of Phil Sims. Does Andy, it say that up there? How about Andy Douglas or Chase Stevens of the Naturals? I can't remember which one. That's the claim to fame of your area is pro, former pro wrestler Chase Stevens? Also, the city in which, uh, Nigel, you'll know this name, Kim Davis. That sounds super familiar. Sounds super familiar. She's the one that denies marriage licenses to gay folks. Yes, that's it. Uh, now that's it's all story. starting to come together and make sense, Sean. Yeah, I covered that story. Live knowing you, knowing the... you the way we know you. Yeah. This last one. This is SRS file number two this week, and this was sent in by Courtney Summers. It was reported by Vice.com on October 2nd, and I wouldn't normally do this, but Courtney actually asked me. She said, uh, "Can I get a birthday shout out? I'm turning 30 on Friday." So yeah. happy birthday! Friday, October fifth is her thirtieth birthday. So that's you know a new who else also turned thirty this week? Yes, Bernard on my team did. Mr. Bernard turned thirty. Yep, that's true. I mean, How do you know I, that? You went a little bit older. Bernard is a friend now, Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> I just—it's not just when it's convenient, like for like like you treat Bernard. I, I, I guess once he's expensed enough dinners every time you visit, yeah, you guys would be friends. <laughs> that's a good point, but I'm a little surprised you. Going with all these older folks, you know, me and Greg in our mid twenties. Uh huh. That's yeah. understandable. Yes. Yeah. Mid twenties. So once you're going to treat them like WWE, right? Once the divas hit thirty, they're gone. So according to the October <laughs> edition of Retinal Cases and Brief Reports, this is a medical journal called Retinal Cases and Brief Reports. A 31 year old man from New York sought medical attention for red tinted vision. So he was seeing red. All right. Nigel, you have any idea? Why the 31-year-old man uh, might have red-tinted vision. And by the time he sought medical attention, he had this problem for months already. Any idea why? I'm guessing blood's involved somehow. Oh, you're very close. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. So what happened was he had bought sildenafil citrate over the internet. That is the active ingredient in male enhancement brands like Viagra. And he bought liquid form of this thing. So he bought a bottle of this uh, sildenafil citrate. (laughs) He was overdosing on it. He was drinking it straight from the bottle, Nigel. Whoa. Straight from the bottle. It's like the the Simpsons episode when Kenny Griffin Griffin Jr., the baseball player, Sean, he had had the brain, yeah, and he was drinking it from the bottle. (laughs) Basically the same thing. And it turned out that the eye damage is permanent. Oh, so yeah. he's going to continue having red-tinted vision. Yeah. Now, as you would expect 
Pfizer, which is the maker of Viagra, they were quick to jump on this story, as you can imagine. And they were quick to let Vice.com know that Viagra had nothing to do with this. They were not involved with this. Uh, it was a generic brand that he bought on the internet. And a spokesman for Pfizer said, it's important to note that no regulatory body has approved liquid sildenafil citrate to treat erectile dysfunction. Well, let's just say this. If you want to just circumvent that entire process, avoid that trouble, (laughs) and knock a few out of the park like our buddy King Griffey Jr. did in the day, hit up our buddies at bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E, like the color blue. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, especially when you're up to bat. Walking softly, carrying that big stick. Thanks to BlueChew.com. <laughs> they bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients <clears throat> as Viagra without the red-tinted vision, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. They are prescribed online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit. No waiting in the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. They ship and are prepared direct so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And we got a special deal. Right now you get them free. Get them free. Use that code FIGHTFUL. You just pay $5 shipping. Free. So when am I going to get a testimonial at a Sean Ross app? You know what? I will order a sample. But... You know what? I might not even need to. I can just hit up, use the code FIGHTFUL. They'll send me some for free. I just got to pay that $5 shipping. And you know what, guys? Let them know on Twitter that you heard about them from us. Let them, even if you don't use it, say, you know what? I am aware that you exist because of Sean Ross Sapp and Jimmy Van's testimonial, too. So in order to, to in order to get a proper gauge in terms of like the time it takes for that to take effect, what we're going to have to do is have you take the pill live on the air going to have to schedule a few days off if you know what i'm saying <laughs> let's open up that you're going to be doing schedule. a lot of interviews after that well i might be giving some interviews after then might have might have to have some other people talk about what's going on here but yeah bluechew.com code fightful all right let's move on and talk about super fight sean my louisville slugger let's talk about super fights when i think of some of the all-time great super fight sean that have been out there. I think about stuff like Mayweather Pacquiao. That was a super fight. Mayweather McGregor, I would consider a super Melina fight. Alicia Fox. Well, who's that? Melina Alicia Fox. Yes, Melina Alicia Fox. Yeah. What about uh, GSP and BJ Penn? They were both champions. Miocic Cormier, they were both champions. Then, according to Alberto El Patron. Oh, boy. On the MMA Hour this week. He says he's going to return to MMA as a competitor for Combate Americas next year, but he wants it in a super fight, Sean, because Alberto in his mind believes that he's at the level of a Mayweather or a uh, McGregor or a Muhammad Ali or a Manny Pacquiao. So he wants to return to MMA, presumably as a heavyweight, in a super fight in Mexico City next year. I I have a request, Sean, and I don't know if I can get this done. I might even put money up for this. I might. I have a request. I want one time only for one fight only. I want Combate Americas to sign Alberto El Patron against Cain Velasquez in Mexico City next year. And like I said, maybe I'll put money up towards the fight purse. What do you think of that? 
I'd be surprised if Alberto El Patron actually showed up to whatever fight he's got. Do you think, because I was going to ask you about that, so with all due respect to Alberto, he's not getting a super fight. He's going to get some scrub that they feed him. But, but do you think no matter who the opponent is, he'll actually make it in there? Because he's had a history lately of no-showing, even the day of, pro wrestling shows. So do you think he'd actually make it into the cage? No. I don't think he will unless he's fighting an absolute scrub. An absolute scrub. Right. Like the promoter or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I heard about that, that Alberto uh, wants to be in a super fight next year, I thought, well, that's, that's great. That's good. You know, maybe Miocic is available. He can go and do. What about Brock? How do you think Brock? How do you think Brock Alberto would, would do? Him and Brock would kill him in under yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah, maybe. under a minute. He's... It might do him some good, you know. It might. Yeah, probably. He yeah. said some real dumb shit, like still going after Paige on social media. Yeah, I'm like man, let the shit go. Yeah, Pass he's got one. He's got some built up shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So speaking again of super fights. And again, I do not want to turn this into an MMA podcast, but I want to touch upon this because I think that people will find this interesting. So you and I, Sean, have talked before on this podcast about the importance of creating new stars. And now we are seeing the repercussions of not creating new stars in both WWE and in uh, the UFC, right? Now, in the case of WWE, because they've been unable to create new stars, and you could, there's a lot of reasons why that might be the case. Maybe you could say it's due to creative. Maybe you can say it's because they're protecting everybody yeah. with 50-50 booking so nobody can kind of break through to the top level. Whatever it is, because they've been unable to do that, what we're seeing now as wrestling fans is the same matchups over and over and over again on television because they don't know what else to put, who else to put in those spots. So that's why we're seeing AJ and Shinsuke four or five shows in a row. AJ and Samoa Joe four or five shows in a row. You can get ready for Roman and Braun. They're going to be on four or five shows in a row. And that's kind of what they're doing. In the UFC, where they've also struggled to create new main event level bankable stars, they don't have the luxury that WWE does of being able to use the same fighters every week. Because they can't, right? They can only have a guy every three, four months. Because Mm -hmm. of that, the UFC has kind of put themselves into the situation now where news is going to break. Like this news that came out on October 2nd, ESPN's Brett Akimoto posted this on Twitter. Put that up, uh, Nigel. Breaking! Big news. Valentina Shevchenko versus Sahara Eubanks for the vacant flyweight title will headline UFC 230 on November 3rd in Madison Square Garden per multiple sources. Now, for anybody that's not an MMA fan, you know what Madison Square Garden is. And every year UFC does one show at MSG and it's typically a big deal. And it's a big moneymaker for them. They have higher ticket prices. They do a big gate for that show. This is the third year they've done it. In previous years, they had Conor McGregor in the main event, who's obviously a major, major star. Yeah. Last year, they had uh, GSP and Michael Bisping in the main event. This year, because of their inability to create new stars, they were stuck with a women's vacant flyweight title fight. And Joe Rogan, who is uh, uh, the color commentator for the UFC, actually said this live on his podcast. He said, no offense, but I don't even know who Sayara Eubanks is, and I'm the commentator for the UFC. Yeah. And that's the main event of their Madison Square Garden show. And that's what happens when you're unable to create new stars. And the UFC's had a lot of trouble with that. Yes, this was cutting off their nose to spite their face. Ioana did not find out that this fight was happening until social media. They sacrificed a real good fight in Ioana and Shevchenko because Dana White in particular, Dana White is too pissy in his pants to start up a 165-pound division. That's it. Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz give, gave them an easy out. I wrote a column about it yesterday if you all want to check it out, fightfulmma.com. Gave them an easy out. 
let's do a 165 pound division. We can move up to 175, uh, the 170 to 175. It's easy. There needs to be a division there anyway. You've had people going to the hospital with regularity over stuff like over this. cutting weight. Yeah. Now again, I don't I don't want to go deep into MMA talk, but I wanted to use this as an example of what happens when you don't create those new stars. And Dana White and Vince McMahon have been very similar in that sometimes things happen by accident. And when you look at Conor McGregor, and everybody knows who Conor McGregor is, whether you're an MMA fan or not, Conor McGregor is not really a result of the UFC machine. Conor McGregor is successful in spite of the UFC machine because they didn't get behind Conor McGregor until he kind of created his own persona and he took elements from Ric Flair and whatnot, created his own persona, and that's how he became successful. And, uh, And now they're in the spot where they're taking an unknown women's flyweight contender and putting her in the main event at the mecca of, of combat sports and pro wrestling. It's, it's, uh, it's unheard of, but that's what's happening. Uh, I want to move... It's just such a dumb move. It's such a... It's really bad. It's, it's not going to draw tone, shit. Tone deaf move. Let me ask you a question, Nigel. Sure. And I know you're not, a, not an MMA fan or anything. Let's say... So for a show like this, so this is taking place in a month, this show in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That means that people from out of town have long bought their tickets and they've booked their flights and their hotel, right? Imagine if you spend a couple thousand bucks on a flight and a hotel to go to the show and then you find out like three weeks, whatever it is in advance, that the main event is going to feature, with all due respect to these fighters, I don't want to like, you know, shit on them, but the main event is going to feature a completely unknown female flyweight challenging for the flyweight title, which draws nothing for the UFC how would you, who had spent a couple grand on trans and hotel, feel about that if that's what you were told? I mean, ripped off is the only word that comes. Of course, to mind. of course. Dean White said, "Oh well, we've almost always had a title fight headline. Okay, so make it the 165 pound title. There are very few fights you can put on and leave people like there. There are very few fights you can add to a show and make them less excited about the show than before it existed." They How literally many... added a championship fight yeah. that bummed everybody out. Yeah. How many WrestleManias were headlined by The Undertaker who was not the champion? Lots. I mean, even then, it's like... You don't need to have a championship fight in your main event. You don't have to have a title fight, but no. man, Poirier and Diaz gave them a real easy out. Yeah, and that... I mean, because of Diaz, it would have been a, a decent fight. I still don't know if I consider that a main event level fight for MSG, but at least yeah, Diaz is Diaz, a decent... With Diaz and a title on the line, that, that convinces me, just because Diaz is a, a pretty big draw. So let's talk about this ongoing situation with uh, Liv Morgan, Brie Bella, and Daniel Bryan. So uh, Daniel Bryan this week posted a really long message on Twitter, basically talking about how proud he is of his wife for, for uh, dealing with what she's dealing with. So there's been a lot of social media attacks ever since she accidentally hurt Liv Morgan on Raw last week. Uh, and Brie's been getting shit on pretty good. Um, Brian tried to defend it by saying, I have injured guys in the ring before, and I didn't get the kind of backlash that Brie Bella did. And so I wanted to touch upon this. So things are different now compared to, say, 2009. The examples that Brian gave, uh, one was 2009 with Nigel McGuinness, one was 2012 with Randy Orton. Things are very different now in terms of internet trolling than they were in 2009 and 2012. Mm -hmm. And so that's number one. Number two, most wrestling fans, and this is, I don't mean any disrespect, because you know I have a lot of respect for wrestlers and for what they go through and the, and the schedules and everything. Most wrestling fans do not look at Brie Bella as a wrestler. Yeah, they, look, they look at her as being a reality TV personality who happens to be married to a wrestler 
uh, and who got her notoriety through wrestling after she was a model kind of thing, they don't look at her as a Daniel Bryan-style wrestler. And again, I'm not defending the internet troll, Sean. I'm not defending the people that shit on Brie because they shouldn't. Yeah. But it's it's apples and oranges for Brian to kind of draw, try to draw that comparison. And then it's, the other... She gets some creepy stuff, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure she did, some, and like, she didn't really... deserve it because it was an accident. She mean, she didn't mean to do it, but it's, it's just not a fair comparison. And then the other thing is the, the examples that Brian gave, there was a three-year gap between them, between yeah. 2009 and 2012. Brie, weekly since she came back, whether it was the running knee at, at Zelina Vega, whether it was the suicide died where she almost broke her own neck, now the yes kicks with Liv Morgan. It's been a weekly thing with Brie. Now, I'm not shitting on Brie Bella, and we talked about it last week, and I told you it was an accident. She didn't mean to do it. But the fact of the matter is she's going to hurt somebody or herself because she's too rusty and she's too reckless and she should not be in the ring. And it's not a shot at her. I'm not saying Brie Bella, fuck you. Yeah. I'm just saying she shouldn't be in the ring when she's right. unsafe and she's going to hurt somebody or hurt herself. I think that's where you draw the line. You don't need to target both of the Bellas. I mean, Nikki is just fine in the ring. I enjoy her work. You don't need to make personal attacks. Ultimately, you are a public figure, so you have to expect some of that. Jimmy, you and I get real weird shit on social media. So that Yeah, the only difference is I don't respond to it like you do. Oh, man, I'm so sensitive. (laughs) I had to throw that in, Nigel. Wow, how sensitive he is. Oh, wow. I mean, he's doing it right now, Nigel. You see that? He's proving it right now. You're making a talking point all the time, and I just wanted to doing it. Jimmy, if I sent you a quarter of the shit that I got, I know. Change your fucking tone. I know. And you know, actually, let me let me say this real quick because this this is kind of in line. So you know, the Undertaker did that interview with Ed Young, that preacher. Yeah. And you and I were talking about it the other day. Taker talked about, I mean, The Undertaker in terms of wrestling, he's definitely upper tier in terms oh, of, of legendary, popular, legendary uh, popular figures, right? He even said in that interview, he said, yeah, I'll have guys that you'll see them pull out their phones and they're too afraid to approach me. So they'll like take my picture without me kind of knowing kind of thing. Yeah. He said, because Taker is a, is, a, is a very even keeled kind of guy and he's a realist kind of guy. He said, imagine a pop star or a movie star. Because he said that's a whole other level. If I'm dealing with this stuff as the Undertaker, imagine those guys. Well, and this is a similar thing. She's a lot more thing. accessible than him too. She's got social media everywhere. Like, no, but if you want to see some gross shit, go yeah. look at social media comments on any. And also because she's Instagram. female, Sean. Yeah. That because there, there, there's just, look what Melissa deals with sometimes, and, and oh, Melissa's yeah. like new to this stuff. I I will po- so I posted pictures of me and her on Instagram and had to say to people. Quit being a fucking creep. Right. People that I know. Right. People yep. that I know, for the love of God. Yep. So, I mean, people that are completely unattached and, quite frankly, have no connection to reality thinking that they can say stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, they can. There's really no way to stop them. It gets real weird, man. And based on the stuff that I just see on social media, they see it a billion times. So that I understand, but... If you're trying to draw some comparison and say that she is not a danger, she is a danger. Yes, she, she is. She is a hazard. And and you know what? Brian's going to defend his wife and good on him because he should. should. He should. But he's a wrestling veteran and he knows that she's yeah. rusty and he knows that she's been reckless in the ring. But he's not going to say that. But he knows it. So uh, so they need to keep her out. I guess the good news is Liv Morgan is expected to be able to uh, appear at Super Showdown. So that's good. Yes. Um, so the match is probably going to go on as scheduled. Let's talk about Carmella. 
and you've talked about this before in, in previous podcasts, who would have thought, say, two years ago, when you had Enzo Amore and Big Cass and Carmella, that Carmella would be the last one standing. And not only is she the last one standing, but she continues to up her game. I was questioning when they made her heal the babyface without really doing anything. All they did yeah. was kind of put her with our truth and suddenly she's a babyface. Nigel, put up this animated GIF. This is from SmackDown this week. Uh, and you can loop it a couple times. This was the finish where Zelina, look at that. Look at that, Sean. We're going to have to watch that again because it happens so fast. Scoops the legs, goes for the pinning combination, rolls through, got her head. That, I mean, that was amazing. Goes right to the coat of silence, gets the tap out. Was that impressive, Sean? Can I you loved not hear me? It. Okay. I loved it. Uh, I, I would like if she did an actual inverted triangle where she got an arm in, but man, I liked that that submission was. I thought that was impressive, man. Impressive. She, I thought she carried the Charlotte match, too, <laughs> is the thing. You and mean the, the SummerSlam Char- match? No, 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 the, the rematch for the title oh, the was so good. Because Charlotte's been rusty lately, and Carmella was on her game that night. Good for her. I'm that glad was amazing. She's doing it. I said on the SmackDown post-show, maybe she never gets another run as champion, but she's making the most of what she has. And by far the most successful of that trio. Who yep. would have thought? Because yep. at first, people didn't like her because they shoehorned her into a popular act. Now she's the most successful part of it because she was just able to do her job and do it well. Did you ever think that there would be a time, and, and this is not a knock on the women, but did you ever think there would be a time that if you asked who are the top three most interesting acts on SmackDown, two of them would potentially be women? I think it's awesome. Because right now it. it is. Yeah. So so good on her. Now we got to talk about Elias. Yeah. Because this guy, I'm going to have to get an Elias cardboard cutout back there, Sean. Oh, because yeah? this, this guy is something special. You remember back in 2002 when Hulk Hogan turned babyface and returned to Montreal for SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And he had a continuous five-minute standing ovation live in the ring in in, in Montreal. And that was the first time that I can recall somebody getting a continuous five-minute ovation like that. It was quite the spectacle to watch. This week on Raw, for maybe the first time that I can recall, maybe you can recall one that I I forget, we saw a guy get a continuous five-minute-esque or so complete heel reaction from the entire crowd in Seattle, and it's because he touched on the right point about them losing the Supersonics team. Now, this has been his shtick everywhere he goes as he shits on the local sports teams. It's kind of like the cheap heat thing that you do. But man, that made for quite the spectacle, and I'm not going to air that clip because the animated gifts are enough. WWE's going to get pissed if I I air the whole clip. But uh, that was an amazing spectacle, and I love the fact that he was in the ring with Kevin Owens, who is known to not be a sports fan. And so when Elias made the comment about Oklahoma City and everything, Kevin Owens is sitting there next to him not having a clue what the hell he's talking about. Hearing this whole crowd go apeshit for five minutes, and both of them had trouble keeping in their smile because they were loving it. They were loving it, and uh, and it was quite the moment. Elias is just something special. Yes, he is. I really hope that he just – because what they've used him for up until now is they kind of build him up against lower card guys, but then when he's in there with Lashley or with Cena, he's the cannon fodder. Uh, for those guys, and I don't want to see him go in that direction because that guy is a star. He is something special. Yes, he. And the thing is, right now he's he's one of those few guys that's stuck in that doesn't need a title territory. Yes, but man, it'd be nice if he did, especially if people aren't defending them. Nakamura doesn't have a real program. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Title doesn't have a real program. Not only that, you got Baron Corbin coming on Raw saying you don't get to defend your championship for months. Weird stuff. 
this was really special. It's and great. I talked to some people backstage at WWE this week, and they said they, there was a lot of joking, like, like next time they'll be prepared for this because mm-hmm. they didn't understand, they didn't know that it was going to be like this. Of course, they expected a cheap reaction, but oh, it was amazing. Uh, a nice round of applause when they came back through the curtain. I was told. And, oh, really? And yeah, next time they'll they'll be prepared, is what I was told. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know, you think back to years past when WWE used to pull the trigger on surprise title changes. And uh, so I think back to ones like uh, the Honky Tonk Man pinned Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental title. Nobody saw that coming. Then the Ultimate Warrior does a surprise run-in at SummerSlam 88 and beats Hockey for the, Inter- for the Intercontinental title. Wouldn't it be great if they have Elias beat Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental title with no build, no notice, no nothing? He gets the match. He wins the title. I would love to see something like that. And I think that Elias doing his shtick with the Intercontinental title would elevate that title. And, I thought he... Uh, I thought he should have been the champion a couple months ago, and they should have had him break Honky Tonk's record. Right. How poetic. And Seth Rollins should be on to bigger and better things. Right. The main event of WrestleMania, if they cannot do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, which if they can, they should do, uh, whether I would like it or not, they should do it, then the main event of WrestleMania should be a Shield triple threat match. 100%. I thought you were going to say Elias Rock. I thought that's where you were going with that. Maybe the, the Eli, Elias versus The Rock would be a good impromptu match. I think it'd be good if they did a segment with guitars. Yeah, and then The Rock rock bottoms and hits a people's elbow. Exactly. Everybody, Everybody's happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I want to talk about Charlotte this week. So uh, I posted on social media after Charlotte did her run-in with Becky. I posted on social media, what genius decided to have her do the spear? And I got a little bit of heat on social media and a couple people Huh? You should have. No, I shouldn't have. Forever. No, no, but that's not what I meant. Okay, so so what I did was I didn't explain myself properly. Yeah. That's why I have a podcast, Sean, I so I can care. explain it. <laughs> I didn't mean why is a spear part of her arsenal. That's not what I meant. What I meant was she's in this program now where she is clearly being treated by the fans as the heel. Becky is clearly being treated by the fans as the babyface. WWE continues to book Charlotte as a babyface, even though she's getting the heel treatment. She runs in, and the first thing she does is a spear as her dominant move when she's getting treated like Roman Reigns by the fans. I watch that thinking, are the, are the people in charge so out of touch that they don't recognize the reaction she's getting, so they decided, hey, you run in and you give her the spear. I thought that was nonsensical, and I thought it was lunacy that they would do that. Now, if WWE is thinking Charlotte's going to get a heel run, and that's what they're thinking, then cool. If she's going to get a heel run, it's fine. But if they're going to stick with the babyface run with Charlotte, having her do a spear when she's already getting the Roman Reigns reaction is absolute lunacy. And that's what I meant. I agree with that. I do agree with that. But it has been a part of her arsenal. If I were her, I would remove it from my arsenal. Absolutely. Either either way, just because that's Roman Reigns' move. Yes. And I do. I am of that not necessarily old school belief, but hey, maybe don't do somebody else's finish. On that yeah, same show. but again, you think somebody would recognize, given her reaction, that because yeah, the fans they see the spear, they think Roman yeah. Reigns. Right? They would love. I think WWE they want they wanted Charlotte to get cheered, but it's not like Roman Reigns. I still have people that surprisingly say, "Can't believe you think WWE cares if Reigns gets cheered." Yeah, they want him to get one hundred percent unanimous cheers. That's why they put the Shield back together. That's why they turned Braun Strowman heel. That's why they went really hard with Brock Lesnar not caring about WWE. They want Roman Reigns cheered. With Charlotte, I don't necessarily think that's the case now. Mm. Maybe it is. But the fact that Becky Lynch isn't coming out and crapping on the crowd every week leads me to 
believe that they don't necessarily uh, want to go that route. You know, you've completely talked over any opportunity to segue into our second clip that I've had. I've got so much content, Sean. Well, let's skip the damn second clip. If these people want to see pro wrestler MMA fighters talking about going into pro wrestling, they can head over to youtube.com slash Fightful or FightfulMMA.com. Click that exclusives tab because every damn day we've got some interviews up there. What else you got on the list? So I can't believe that we're still talking about the NWA in 2018. Yeah. But they're continuing. Are you doing a post show? I'm going to do a post show after NWA 70th. So is it going to be, so I know that it's going to be airing live on the Fight app. Is it going to be on traditional pay-per-view as well or just the Fight app? I would be surprised. I believe it's just the Fight app. Fight app. Talking about sending John Morehouse there, but I don't know what the media availability is going to be there. Right. I thought, I thought you were thinking about driving up. I, I was, but then I saw them kind of saying to other people, well, a t- buying a ticket's the most guaranteed way to get it. No offense, I'm not above buying a ticket, but... The media told you that? The PR person no, told no, you no, that? No, 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 They don't have a PR person. Oh. Uh, I just want to make it clear that I saw a media member asking about interview time and covering it and all that stuff, and they were told... Buying a ticket is the, the, the most surefire way because of limited space in the asylum. Oh. No offense. I'm not above buying a ticket. I don't want to put that out there like I like I am, but I would be covering this as media, and that's you know, that's just the bottom line. If I go to a wrestling event that I'm not performing on, I'm covering it as media. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. I'm not there doing I'm I enjoy wrestling, but I'm there to do work. Bottom line, it's just how it is. So it's on October 21st in Nashville. They already announced Cody versus Aldis for the NWA title, and now they've announced two more title matches, which is going to be interesting. So the first one is going to feature eight wrestlers. First, they're going to do two uh, four-way elimination matches. The winner of those two matches are going to go one-on-one, and the winner is going to win the NWA national title. Uh, and they've announced that the eight wrestlers. I, I'm going to admit, I don't know all of these guys, Sean. Uh, Cole Cabana, Scorpio Sky, Mike Perro, Jay Bradley, Sam Shaw, Ricky Starks, Willie Mack, and the kid that I talked about just a few weeks ago, Sammy Guevara. They're going to be the eight guys in the match. I'm not too familiar with Sam Shaw or Ricky Starks. Sam, uh, Sam Shaw was in TNA for a while. He is the voice of 10 Pounds of Gold. Oh, actually. really? Really? He does the voice for 10 Pounds of Gold. He's an artist. He played essentially a serial killer in Impact Wrestling where he was obsessed with Christy Hemme, he's he's pretty decent. Uh, not familiar with Ricky Starks. Mike Perro is an MLW. He is very, very good. I like him. Willie Mack is good. A great addition to this. Colt Cabana, of course, everybody knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara. That's guy as well, yeah. Sammy Guevara was a guy on uh, our new Russo Reveal series on FightfulSelect.com. Tier 2 gets you two clips, about three to five minutes each of me and Vince Russo talking. But Vince put him over big as a guy that he saw breaking out in Aralucha. Right. Uh, I like the national tournament. I had somebody say, oh, wish they would do all singles matches in sad. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need eight or nine singles matches on this show. I agree. I, I think it's cool the way it is. And then they're also going to be doing uh, the NWA women's title. Jazz is the champion. I think people remember her from WWE. And they've been producing videos to put her over, kind of reminiscent of the Tim Storm videos. Yeah. Where they're showing her in her day job. She's a sheriff in uh, Lafayette. And so they were showing those videos. I think it's cool. She's like late 40, Sean. Yeah, doesn't wrestle anymore. Just doesn't she, wrestle anymore. Just happened to win the title when she did. Which was when? About a year or two ago, I think. But she is going to defend it, right? Yes, yeah, she is going to defend it. And it's funny because I posted a 
I didn't realize this was their plan, but I posted, man, I, I think they could do the same thing that they did with Tim Storm with Jazz a couple weeks ago. Right. And I was told, stay tuned, and here they are doing it. I was told that they filmed some stuff over WrestleMania weekend. Cool. I'm excited about that, even if it's just to get Jazz, the title off of Jazz, yep. whatever. Which is probably, but, yeah, yeah. But I will say that Jazz, in a recent interview, gave me one of the best headlines ever. Uh, I think it was an interview with Lillian Garcia or Women's Pro Wrestling Weekly. The title was Jazz. I'm not going out like no bitch. <laughs> and I yeah, love it. Yeah, because she's she's definitely she's a tough girl. Jazz. She is. And so. I mean, she used to wrestle the men in ECW. That's where I got my first exposure to her. I don't think she's wrestled since <laughs> July 2017. That's interesting. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Not going out like a bitch. <laughs> we don't know who's facing her yet. That's, no, they haven't announced her opponent yet. So uh, Joey Janela. So here was a kid that kind of came on the scene. He, uh, he had this daredevil style. He's jumping off of shit. And uh, it was back on September 21st. He was doing a show for Game Changer. I think it was in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Jumped off the top rope on a psychosis. Landed awkwardly on his left leg. He just posted this on social media on October 2nd. You have that tweet from Joey Janela? Yep. He said, well, I met my surgeon today. It's official. I'll be gone for at least a year. Even worse than I thought. Really heartbroken. He said, this one wasn't really bad. He said, this one was, is really bad. Surgery next week. The voyage has never been easy for me. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. You know what's really tough about this, Sean? And we've talked about this before. Because he's an independent wrestler, and this is one of the downfalls to being an independent wrestler, you don't have WWE covering your uh, surgery, and you don't have WWE paying you while you're out, and the guy's going to be out for at least a year. That's that's tough. At least the good news is... um, uh, there's a show planned for, when is it, November 16 in L.A., Game Changer Wrestling. They have a show planned called Joey Janela's L.A. Confidential. It's over Survivor Series weekend, and they're going on with that show even yeah. though he can't work. So at least he still you know, has stuff that he can do. WWN had to strip him of their title, yeah. and they're going to crown a new champion at the Evolve show October 28 in Florida. But uh, that's tough. Over a year of lost independent wrestler income, that's a hit, man. That's unfortunate. Yeah, so a few things on that. A lot of respect to Game Changer Wrestling for moving forward with that because Joey Janela showed an incredible amount of loyalty to them when Flow Slam tried to get him to run those shows without them. Right. He said, piss off, mate, and spoke about it very clearly. I'm hoping that – I'm not questioning – the seriousness of the injury. I'm hoping it's that the length is a work. Oh, you think that might be the case? I'm hoping. Yeah. I, I'm not thinking. I'm not speculating. I'm hoping that's the case because he would get a godlike reaction WrestleMania weekend or next SummerSlam weekend at one of his own shows if he were to do that. I hit him up via DM and I was like, hey, if there's anything you need to promote, push while you're out, let me know because I know that that's a tough situation for him in any way that. Yeah, I can help out in that regard to be fine because he is essentially a promoter. I hit him up and I'm like, hey, do you want to promote this show that you have going on? And mm-hmm. each time I've hit him up, he said, yeah, but I haven't heard back from him yet. So I hope he can make a good living outside of everything. And I hope he's well taken care of. For because sure. He is something very different about independent wrestling that I like. Yep, for sure. Now, last but not least, you told me, I think yesterday or maybe the day before about how uh, I think it might have been the post New Japan show. You said Cody Rhodes played the media like a fiddle. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, what did you mean by that? Like what? Because I haven't heard anything He's about it. He's very smart. What did he do? He's the media darling. He would point out somebody and say, who do you work for? And then he would say, you're very animated. <laughs> and then he would take a question from somebody and then bring them up in front of everybody. And they would sit there with him through the whole time. Then he would bring up another person from the media. 
and say, explain to me your ring. And they would go, this is a replica ring from the World Series, the greatest baseball team in the world. He knows what he's doing. So I got to tell you. He's very smart in that regard. And I got to tell you, and, and I have no problem admitting this, when he was in WWE, I didn't see much in Cody Rhodes. Like to me, he was a mid-carder at best in WWE. He was a small fish in a big pond. And now here he is. So uh, if you want to talk about just the last few months. And granted, he was fortunate that he got to join the Bullet Club. He was fortunate. Because if not for the fact that he had the deal with New Japan and Ring of Honor and joined the Bullet Club, he probably wouldn't be where he is. But well, they, if, they were also fortunate that he joined as well. No, like you're right. Was, I mean, it was it was it was just a beneficial deal. It's like the stars aligned, I guess. But if you look at just the last few months, so he's he won the Ring of Honor six man tag title with the Young Bucks back uh, in July. He won the NWA title at All In back on September first. Last Sunday at uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, he won the IWGP US Heavyweight title from Juice Robinson. So now he's got three titles and three different promotions. Uh, he has definitely done big things, and they, they've even announced that on October 8th at a New Japan show called King of Pro Wrestling in Tokyo, he's going to be part of a triple threat match with uh, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega for the IWGP heavyweight be title. Can you imagine if he won the IWGP? I don't th- expect it, I but can you imagine? I don't think he will, but man, he is... I like what the guy does. The, the media presser thing, not my style. Not my style, not my thing. But I love the guy as a character. I love being the elite. I... He's really smart. He is he's had so a hell of a run. He's had he a hell of a so run. so far ahead of the game that it's unbelievable. I can't properly express that. Also, a funny story from our buddies at Pro Wrestling Unlimited who were there. They sent us all our videos and did a lot of great coverage at Fighting Spirit Unleashed. When Davey Boy Smith Jr. came in, he dropped his mouth guard and a cameraman picked it up and like put it in his pocket. And the people had to be like, where's his fucking mouth guard? And it wasn't until then that they were like, oh, well, here it is. Here it is. Man, if you're going to a show like this, have some respect. Like, I know that I do some crazy stuff on these shows, some wild <laughs> stuff. But, I mean, that's that's all in good fun. If you're going to a show like that, there's nothing wrong with getting some cutesy, fun, mm-hmm. different content. I'm completely cool with that. But, my God, man, have some respect. Here's what I don't understand. What did they think they were going to do with Harry Smith's mouth guard? They can put it on eBay. Maybe they're gonna like clone him. Are people gonna buy that shit? They're gonna (laughs) get DNA off of it. Get 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 another get another. I I hate that they call him Davy Boy Smith Junior. But whatever. So they're 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 gonna get another. uh, I don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, uh, did you hear that Matt Riddle lost one of his flip flops? Yeah, they got it back though. Oh, they got it back. Okay, they got it back though. Okay, respectful respectful there. But okay, yeah. I mean, that's just a personal thing. That hey, that's one of the reasons why. If I go somewhere to take in wrestling, I'm going as media. I'm going to treat it as media. It's right. a job. And Wait. I know a lot of those people that were there don't do this as a full-time job, and that's okay. But, man, you're there as media. Treat it. Treat it with respect and treat it like be, pro- be a professional, man. Especially stealing a damn milk guard. Yeah, that's odd. Makes that's no sense. Odd. Anyway, that's all I got for you this week, man. I actually have more stuff. I have more stuff, but... It was a packed week. Underrated yeah, week. A lot of stuff. We're out of time, so... Well, guys, this weekend, don't forget Super Showdown. I will be there. Everybody telling me to drink Monster. I'm not drinking Monster at 5 in the morning. Then I won't be able to <laughs> sleep after the damn show. And you don't drink coffee either. I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. I drink, uh, I drink uh, Monster Rehab. How about this? Our boy, John Baez. I want to give him some credit. He is one of our champion level tier subscribers. I did an uh, ACW review with him for Select. 
I think I posted it on Facebook because he has me on there. I was like, I would love to have Pepsi in bottles, and nowhere around here sells them. Nowhere. What? Nowhere around here sells it in glass bottles. Oh, glass bottles. Glass okay. bottles. Okay. The dude hooked me up with two six-packs of Pepsi from New York. Really? Sent them my way. In so, glass bottles. Big shout-out to him, and I'm going to take some to my grandma who loved Pepsi in glass bottles. Can't get it around here. Uh, you can get it maybe at a Mexican restaurant, but it's a little bit of a different formula. But, yeah, big thanks for that. Jimmy, why, why are you laughing? The guy the guy who looks at me in Toronto and says, yeah, of course they have smoothie here. Thank you, It's got a little bit of a different formula, Nigel. This tea tasted like it was brewed out of Super Kello's ass crack. I would rather paper cut the corners of my mouth than drink Toronto sweet tea. The only bad thing about the city, Jimmy... Didn't you only try it from like one restaurant no, no, in no, Midtown no, no. Toronto? From multiple, from multiple. Even in Niagara Falls, I tried it. And then the thing is, I learned you had to say iced sweet tea because if you say tea, they're bringing you out yeah, hot tea. a mug of piping hot tea. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe the the one at fault is you because you just don't know good taste. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know enough to know, tell you that San Antonio is the second worst city in America after Portsmouth, Ohio. And that's the note that we will end on. I mean, there's a reason why Kawhi Leonard is smiling in Toronto and was miserable in San Antonio. Yeah, he's probably going to be one and done in Toronto, I think. Maybe, maybe. But you didn't see DeMar DeRozan doing backflips when he got sent to San Antonio. He was actually really pissed off. Of course he was. Yeah, he was. San Antonio. <laughs> for Super Showdown in our post show. Join us for UFC 229. We are out.